on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in a cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bank roll. Can't fold, that's a no. Headshot, case closed. What is up, guys? It's Andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the real. Let's say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society. And welcome to motherfucking reality, guys. Today, we have Andy and DJ Cruise the motherfucking internet. That's what we're going to do. We're going to cruise the internet. Uh, if this is your first time listening, and we have a special guest, I'm going to introduce you in just a second. If it's your first time listening. This is CTI. This is where we put up uh, current event topics on the screen. We speculate on what's true, on what may not be true. And then we talk about how we as individuals can work to fix some of the problems going on in society. Other times we tune in, we have Q&AF. That's where you could submit questions and we give you the answers. Most of those questions have to do with entrepreneurship, personal development, but they can also be about anything else you want to talk about too. You can submit those questions one of a couple different ways. The first way is, guys, you can handwrite those letters and send them in and mail them straight here. With checks, right? Yeah. Yeah. To DJ? Yeah. You can also just email them in too. You can email them in to askandy at andyforseller.com. Or you go on YouTube and uh, drop your questions in the comments under the Q&AF and we'll answer some of those. Other times you tune in, we have real talk. Real talk is five to 20 minutes of me just giving you some real talk. And then we have 75 hard verses. 75 hard verses is where people come in who have completed 75 hard or live hard. They talk about how it changed their lives. Uh, we interview them. We talk about their struggles, what they overcame, and uh, where they are now and how you can do the same that they did. So if you want to know about the Live Hard program, it's episode 208 on the audio feed. It's a free program uh, that will help you get your life together. All right. With all that being said, we do have a fee. As you guys know, I'm heavily censored on the internet. I can't really post without getting it shut down at this point in time. So I need you to share the show if you think it's good. If it made you laugh, if it made you think, if it gave you a new perspective, if it entertained you, if it wasn't a waste of your time, if it gave you some information that you otherwise wouldn't have had, don't be a hoe. Share the show. All right. So, hey, what's up, dude? Yeah. So we have a, we have a special guest, United States Senator and a good buddy of mine, Mr. Eric Schmidt, what's happening, bro? Man, it is good to be here. It's great to have you on First the First time, long time. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's long overdue. It's long yeah, overdue. No, we tried to get this together a couple times, but, I mean, we're both kind of doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. I must say, yeah. it's kind of like, I mean, shit, <laughs> he's doing a little something, yeah. you know? No, I'm glad it worked out, man. It's good to be here. Yeah, so, so I got to ask you first and foremost, um, you know, you were the Attorney General of Missouri. You did a great job when you were here. Uh, what's it like? being a senator now um it's pretty crazy it's a historic thing man it is yeah. it is no it's it's wild and um you know the swearing in was in in early january and uh my parents were both alive came up along with a lot of my family and for most everybody in my family it was like the first time they were ever in washington dc and yeah. i'd only been in the capital like once or twice my whole life yeah so you know i grew up in bridgeton not too far from here man in a in a really blue collar part of town and my dad worked midnights and seven days a week and that's not typically the people who are in the united states senate mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of them are you know yeah harvard yale all that kind of stuff so it's um just it's um it's humbling you know it's a it's an important spot and i'm not sure i ever thought that's where i would be yeah but um i just try to keep in mind the people here you know that you're fighting for because wash because dc can be this sort of the stuff they talk about there is not the same stuff you talk about when you're here, mm -hmm. you know, so you try to bring that perspective there, but it's great, man. It's, um, 
it's honor of a lifetime to, to fight for the things that we believe in. You and I yeah. have talked about this stuff a lot. Yeah. And to try to bring that fight to Washington is something that, that definitely motivates me. It's why I did it. It's why I'm doing it. And, um, but it's been great so far. So good. That's cool. And working on some good stuff. You yeah. Know? I know you are like, let's talk about a couple of those things that you've been working on. Now you, you did something pretty significant just today um, regarding censorship and social media. Is that topic number oh, one? Oh, that's topic number one. Oh, okay. We're going to move right into <laughs> let's it. Let's get into it. Then. All right. Yeah. We'll just go right into yeah. it. Headline number one, guys. All right. Yeah. What is it? GOP lawmakers introduced bill allowing federal officials to be sued for censorship. Right on our own backyard, man. Doing the good work. So uh, this, uh, this article reads, Senator Eric Schmidt. That's you. That's me. That's, That's him. You. He's right here. <laughs> <That's me. laughs> Holy shit. Um, and Representative Dan Bishop out of North Carolina, they introduced legislation that would allow citizens to hold officials accountable if they attempt to censor online speech. Uh, the latest push from conservatives to protect free speech online. The Censorship Accountability Act introduced in both chambers of Congress would permit lawsuits against federal executive branch officials believed to be participating in censorship for damages. Uh, in his previous role as Missouri's attorney general, Schmidt filed a lawsuit alleging the federal government overstepped in its efforts to control how social media companies addressed posts about COVID-19 during the pandemic, including the efficacy of vaccines and the lab leak origin theory. Uh, the lawsuit has led to a preliminary injunction announced last month that blocks almost all contact between Biden administration officials and social media companies, with exceptions uh, for matters related to criminal activity and national security. Um, following the ruling, Schmidt sent letters to Biden and 18 other administration officials reminding them why they were barred from contacting social media companies and seeking further information. The letters ask for confirmation that the officials are committed to protecting free speech. A list of steps being taken to ensure compliance with the court's orders, all communications with big tech uh, firms over the last year that could lead to censorship, a list of any non-governmental partners, uh, partner entities engaged in the effort, and steps being taken to instill confidence in the federal government going forward. That's a lot there. That, that's a really, really, really big deal. Um, and it comes at this weird time. And, and like, you know, we, we talked about the Twitter files here on the show multiple times. We, we looked at that. But now it's coming out and we've been we've been kind of like, you know, alluding to it. Facebook files. Right. Like, where are they at? We know they got to come sometime. And now that stuff is starting to roll out um, like this headline from Breitbart reading Biden White House wanted Facebook to change the algorithm, boost New York Times content over right wing media. Um, Jim Jordan, he's been on a, a big push of this, uh, kind of leading this Facebook files um, portion. Um, but he's releasing all these different type of emails and communications between White House officials and social media big tech firms. Um, like this one came from April 14th. Uh, it says, quote, Rob, if you were to change the algorithm so that people were more likely to see New York Times, Wall Street Journal, any authoritative news source over Daily Wire, Tommy Lauren, polarizing people, you wouldn't have a mechanism to check the material impact. I, I think they're talking about us. No, that, yeah, that's us. For sure. That's why people. I highlighted that. Yeah. I highlighted that. Okay. Yeah, that's us. Yeah. All right. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even going to the stuff about, about Facebook, um, about COVID. Uh, so like this was another, um, uh, I guess, release from the Facebook files. Uh, this was an email. Um, it says, uh, Mark, Cheryl, 
quote, we are, we are seeking your guidance on whether to take more aggressive action against certain vaccine discouraging content. Uh, the important piece here is saying, quote, we are facing continued pressure from external stakeholders, including the White House and the press, to remove more COVID-19 vaccine discouraging content. Uh, and it goes on. So we got all of this going on. Um, I guess let's start with the Censorship Accountability Act. Where are we at with that? So I think it's important to like, take a step back and realize how all this started. So when I was AG last, um, uh, last year, well, over a year ago now, we filed this Missouri versus Biden lawsuit, which is, and you mentioned in the headlines, there was a, a judge issued the order basically stopping them from this activity they've had with social media giants to censor speech. So when we filed it, a lot of people, of course, were like, oh, this is ridiculous. It's frivolous. It's conspiracy theory stuff. Right. It's, and all its stuff has been proven to be true. Like all the allegations proven to be true. And it came at the time, if you guys remember, when the government literally had started a disinformation governance board. Mm. I mean, this is like Orwellian stuff where the government's going to decide what you can hear, what you can say, what you can see. And so for me, uh, it struck a nerve and knew that you know somebody had to do something about this, right? And so we filed the lawsuit. One of the things we were able to get into discovery before the judge ruled, which turned out to be huge because once we did that and you saw emails and text messages from people like the Surgeon General to Facebook officials and Twitter officials saying, take that down, they're also threatening legal action. So you, the government can't censor speech, right? That's what the First Amendment's all about. But they also can't outsource that speech to big tech giants. I mean, some of the biggest companies in the history of the world. So if you think about it, if you're somebody that wants to express a point of view <clears throat> that isn't the, whatever, the regime's narrative, right? What chance do you really have against the big, bad federal government and then some of the biggest companies, you know, in the history of the world, right? And so we wanted to go to bat for the First Amendment and people who had been censored. And I think for me, the First Amendment is just fundamental, right? It's, it's the idea, what the, here's what the founders knew. The founders knew that um, most people in the world, and still to this day, resolve differences through violence, right? But they devised a system where there's pressure release valve, right? Where you have your show and somebody mm -hmm. can else have another show and somebody can listen to what they want to listen to or say what they want to say in the town square or now the virtual town square. It's sort of like this beating heart of the Constitution, right? It kind of gives life to the republic. And if you start to narrow the bandwidth of what people can see or what they can say, that leads to a lot of frustration. So if you want to understand a lot of the frustration that's out there, and I've run statewide in Missouri three times in six years, you get around, that's a lot of it, right? They feel like, hey, wait a minute. I, I don't need to be looked down upon by these people a thousand miles away for what I believe or what I want to hear or some, you know, I don't think masks are effective. By the way, they're not. Yeah. But like, if you say the <laughs> right. truth, right? Nobody's punished for like saying wrong stuff, but they get punished for saying the truth. And it's terrifying to these people who want to control what you say. So we filed the lawsuit. The stuff came out. Twitter files happens after that. And then, of course, you've got these hearings. So um, today we filed the Censorship Accountability Act. So right now we've got that lawsuit. You can stop it. But what's the real penalty, right? Like what is the hammer on the back end? So what this would be, uh, individuals can sue individual government officials in the you know, administrative state for their First Amendment rights being violated. And all of that is meant to deter these people who, by the way, nobody's ever heard of. Most of these people, you know, you hear of Fauci, but there's mm -hmm. all these agencies like CISA. Who knows what CISA is? Nobody mm -hmm. knows what CISA is. But these people were in charge of monitoring your speech, 
And then they'd try to get around it. They'd have Stanford or the University of Washington do it for them. And then they'd get on the phone or they'd get on an email and they'd have weekly censorship meetings to shut people down. Like millions of posts, you know, hundreds of thousands of Americans, not just the famous ones you know of, right? But just regular people who have a point of view. Those people might be famous if they hadn't been censored. Right. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I just think people ought to be able to make their own decisions, right? Like yeah. take it in. It was my, when I was suing school district for masks, that was the point of view. It was like, let parents decide what they want to do. They can decide if this is helpful or not. You know, they can judge it, but you get this kind of mindset um, where they want to control things and whatever it is inside of me, maybe it's being a Missourian or whatever it is, just how I grew up and kind yeah. of the contrarian, man, I don't, <clears throat> you, you give everybody the information. They can make their own decisions. And by the way, people can say what they want to say, even if I disagree with it. That's right. You know what I mean? Like, you fight speech you don't agree with with more speech, not censorship. And right. I think that's getting lost in all this. Yeah, so. for sure, dude. We've lost the because of the because the censorship didn't just start during COVID. That's what people have to understand. When you take free speech, okay, the the open society dialogue that happens amongst human beings, and then you create social media, okay. And this happened around, you know, what, 2000, the, or 2000s, we'll just say. And now you take what's the speech that was happening out in public and you put it on this online forum. And that online forum grows and grows and grows and grows where it does become the actual town square yep. of where ideas are communicated about. And the censorship starts with their algorithms right? There is no free traffic on the internet anymore. And it hasn't been way before COVID. Part of the reason I started my Andygram, which is an email list, was because I was being censored for profanity. All right. Shocking. They, yeah. <laughs> like if you would say something, yeah. uh, a four letter word, they would take your traffic down. Mm. And, and, and then it got really noticeable to everybody else, you know, during COVID. But the question should be asked, because there's a there's a there's a number of points that are that are being brought up with this discussion. The question that I think should be asked is, do these people even have the right to delegate where the attention goes in any way, shape or form inside their own platform if this serves as the public square? Right. So that's a great point. So what I was just talking about was sort of government actors. Then you deal with what are the private players? What's their role? Right. And so I've got another bill called the Collude Act that basically says, if you're engaged in this kind of censorship, you lose your Section 230 protections. What, yes. are, what, what is that, right? Yeah. That means you can't get sued. Like Facebook can't get sued right now. Um, Twitter or X can't get sued right now. I love what Elon Musk is doing, but like they're shielded because when that law went into effect in 1996, the idea was the internet was kind of emerging, right? That this is an open platform. It's different than an organization like a like a news organization that can get sued for for libel or whatever right and it, so you got to kind of pick a team here like if you're a social media company you want to fall into that category right you start altering your algorithm or you start making editorial decisions on content right like then you don't get those legal you're protections not an open right? platform anymore so we all take that away so i think it's a one two punch right you deal with the government side you deal with the private side but you're right and you've been talking about this for a while covid to me um, like, so people talk about power corrupting power reveals, right? Yeah. So what COVID did is it put enormous power in the hands of people who should have never had it in the first place and it revealed what their true intentions are. And by the way, gave a playbook. Like it's not just COVID. 
you look what's happening now with climate alarmism. The idea is declare an emergency, right? Mm -hmm. um, start telling people, in the, because of that, then you have these emergency executive orders. So well, it bypasses all this stuff that where people are supposed to have a say, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're not allowed to do X, Y, and Z, right? Yeah. And that's the problem. And that's why I think this fight's so important. It's not just COVID. And you know, I was in the middle of all that stuff. We sued on the vaccine mandate. Missouri yeah. did. We won at the Supreme Court, right? We sued on the Head Start trying to force vaccinations and masks on kids. We took that to the Supreme Court, or we took that to the court and won. We've got this Missouri versus Biden. So kind of, you look at the, the tail of the tape there, man, <laughs> like pushing back against yeah. all this stuff, because I just really believe, like, there's nothing new under the sun. This stuff has been done by every tyrant since the beginning of time to right. aggregate power and exercise it on people who don't have that power. Mm -hmm. And we have to push back against that in this country because there's nowhere else to go. Like America is this kind of last best hope. So we got to hold on to this in the First Amendment. It's like right in the middle of the fight. Yeah, dude, people don't like you guys who listen, you don't realize like if it wasn't for the suits that Eric put through, things would have been a lot different right now. Yeah. For all of us. Well, and dude, like I, I applaud you too because he could have very well did what many other AGs at the time did in other states, even red states, where they just kind of, eh, yeah. It's know? easy. Look, it's easy just to go to like these ribbon cuttings and do whatever. Yeah, you can do yeah. a lot of that. That is not why I decided to do this. Like, I think you got to want to do something. You got to want to try to protect something. So for me, like it, as much power is because people want to be in these positions and and continue to aggregate it. Me, it's just like, man, get it back to the people so people can live their lives and pursue their dreams, whatever that is, yeah. right? Whatever that is. And yeah. I'm not going to tell them what to do, but they get to do it. You touched on something that I think is important to note, which was the national emergency. And DJ, if you click back on a few of these uh, slides that we talked about, not that one. Keep going back. No, no, um, no. Right here, that one. If you read the last sentence here, it says, um, the lawsuit has led to a preliminary injunction announced last month that blocks almost all contact between Biden administration officials and social media companies with exceptions for matters related to criminal activity and national security. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, but this is why they keep trying to claim all these emergencies. Yep. So, so you, that they can, they can circumvent these, these rules. Well, think mm -hmm. about it. Congress is one of my first votes to say that the COVID emergency is over. That was in 20 January of 2023, right? Yeah. You're right. The reason why they hold on to this stuff is because there's different powers granted. Now, look, if you're like Pearl Harbor happens, right? Yeah. Like some, you know, there are certain things that need to happen when you're like going to war. Right. The problem is a lot of these people put this, try to put this stuff into that box so they can get away with it. Yeah. And you mark my words. I said this three years ago. The next thing will be, you want to know why they're talking about climate lockdown. Yep. Yep. No, and you no, want to know why Klaus they're talking Schwab's about daughter said it two days ago. She said, there's going to be climate lockdowns, whether you, pe well, this is her exact quote. There are going to be climate lockdowns, whether you people like it or not. Yeah. Because they know better, right? Yeah. We're, we're in California. You know, you're not going to have gas powered vehicles in five years. Meanwhile, they don't have enough power to charge the electric vehicles that are there. Like right now, this stuff is it's totally insane. Yeah. It's totally insane. And so I do think though, that like you guys have lent a voice to this. People are waking up to this. They see it. It's a playbook that's been tried before, just not at the level it's being played here in the United States. What do you think the reason for that is? Because you know what I think, man, I think they're trying to destroy the whole entire world intentionally, especially America. Well, I think that, um, there is this, uh, well, look at DEI, right. Mm. Or CRT, mm -hmm. all this stuff. 
it's super divisive. Yeah. It's super divisive. And it's a it's based in this Marxist ideology, right? Where you separate like you and I go out, we'll find all kinds of things we have in common, but that's not what this ideology is all about, right? Like even the military now, so I'm on the armed services committee. A lot of the questions I ask some of these political appointees who want to push this divisive diversity, equity, inclusion stuff is, you know, it's, it's essentially racial quotas. It's these struggle sessions and it is divisive. Like think about the military. These guys, man, are willing to put their lives on the line. They wear uniforms, same haircuts. All of that is built, you know, meant to build cohesion. Mm-hmm. Not divide. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you see right now from the left, man, they want to infuse this into our schools. They want to infuse this into our military. Um, and it's all about sort of indoctrination, because mm-hmm. if you can create that kind of division, if you can create that kind of, uh, you know, demoralizing view, that's the only way they can ever sort of have a foothold in this country where we kind of fundamentally in our DNA believe that people should be free. You know, that's kind when of you say they. You mean the communists? Yeah. All right, good. <laughs> yeah. No, it, look, it didn't work. Like, it didn't it, work. It's never going to work. It didn't work with economic policy, yeah. right? Like, it failed. And people saw it. But if you can infuse it now into race or something like that, yeah. like it's new, that's the game plan. Yeah. And um, and if people are being honest, that's what it, they'll just call it out. And, and you know, one of the reasons I think why you and I have built such a strong relationship is I don't care, man. Like, yeah. this, I care about this country. Yeah. And if... Call us whatever you want. Yeah, and if and if I'm you know I'm up in six years, if people don't think like they can, they'll they'll vote for me or vote against me. But man, we got a country to save, and I mean that. Like we got a country to save where it's the it's the last best hope, man. Where people can pursue their dreams. I don't want to be like Europe. Like you know, we want to see the blueprint. Look at Europe. Yeah, I mean that they're completely like energy dependent on countries that aren't friendly to them. They've they don't have the same kind of freedoms that we have in this country, and a lot of people on the left are totally fine with that, right? Because the government then is the, is replaces all the things, the, the things you believe in, that God-sized hole, right, that people talk about gets filled with something. Yeah. And a lot of people on the left, they want it to be government. And pe- people don't understand too, because like you have to have something to lose to be fearful of losing it. Mm. And a lot of these people on the left, on the far progressive left, if we really break down that demographic, now I'm not saying that we can't have reasonable discourse with, with a Democrat. That's not what I'm saying. But the, the reality is, is that Democrats, most of the Democrats are not aware of how far left their party has moved. And most of them are actually more conservative by today's standards anyway, if we're being real. Like most of those people agree with every single thing that I say outside of, uh, or every single thing that like you would stand for outside of maybe uh, the pro-life stance, right? That would, but I think that's also changing. I think people are waking up to how that's affected culture and society and how that's been used to legitimately, especially in the black communities, keep the black communities from reproducing and actually yeah. coming out. So it's genocide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's euthanasia is what has been yeah. used as. I mean, but I think a lot of people are changing. And, you know, these people that we talk about on this far progressive left, if we really examine that demographic, those people don't have anything to lose. These are people who are not really paying into taxes. They're screaming and yelling about everything. They want what you have, but they don't want to work the way you've worked. They, de- they deserve, 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 and title, and title, and title, and scream and yell and throw temper tantrums. And because we've listened to those temper tantrums at all, now they've gained some momentum. The reality is, is we should look at those people just like we looked at them in generations past and be like, bro. Uh, your opinion isn't valued the same way as these other people's opinions because you're not contributing to the system. Yeah. Well, you know? and I think that 
a lot of those people, and I think people are waking up to this, that people on the left, man, they've been super involved in a lot of these cultural institutes, whether it's universities or these bureaucratic positions or in, you know, school administrators, whatever. They've, they've kind of populated this. For sure. This kind of, you know, force that they have. And that's why I think we got to be fully engaged and, and sort of push back, right? Because yeah. there's no there's no Calvary, right? It's, no, it is us. It's us. It's us. And and you just like look John Kerry flying around on a private jet, telling everybody else, poor people who what they can't have, bro. You know what I mean? Were like, you, you in that room? Were you in the room when they did that? No, I was. Oh my god, no. dude, we laughed so hard, <laughs> dude. When he's like. We do I not never own a owned. private jet. I do not own a private jet. I, I don't have a private jet. He gets pushed around like 20 times. Finally, he's like, my wife owned the private yeah, jet. I don't right. own We're it. Like, bro. My wife, though. Bro. Yeah, meanwhile, you you can't have your AC on when it's 100 degrees. Yeah, we right? got to get rid you know? of our stoves. <laughs> like, dude, get the fuck out of here, man. It's nuts. It's insane. You know, the only hope is that people are seeing this. But <clears throat> I think what this, you know, getting back to the headline, it's like, this has opened this thing up now. Yeah. If 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 we wouldn't have filed the lawsuit and Elon Musk doesn't buy Twitter, yeah, oh, it'd be totally different. The, all oh, this fuck, stuff would yeah. still be in the We'd dark. We'd be in Canada man. right now. You yeah, see what right. they did in Canada, where yes. they shut they shut the news off social media. Yeah, dude, Canada is getting no news on social media on social media, none. Like, that's what we would be de dealing with here. Yeah, we'd be dealing with anybody who had an opinion. Actually, here it would be. CNN would get to say whatever they want. MSNBC gets to say whatever they want. And nobody else could say it, which we're not far off of that. Really. Well, CNN would be on there like, everybody's dead. Because I was talking to Eric. <laughs> they had a, like a death count. Like during Bro. COVID, it's like, that was, they had like this just death count. Everybody shit is they dead. Did. did you guys see the thing they did on uh, uh, the high temperatures like last week? They, they put the same yeah. ticker up there for high temperatures, dude. Like Because well, here's why it hasn't worked for them. Most people understand that this is something you know, that's, that's, that's far off and people disagree about the, the extent to which humans have had anything to do with controlling weather, but they got to make it like an immediate concern because it's the only way that they can kind of try to con people into this scam yeah. it's also a of distraction. giving up stuff that they shouldn't have to give up. It's yeah. also a distraction too. Yeah. You know, but the, the climate stuff is, is fucking stupid. Um, but I do, I do want to ask you one more question on this bill. Yep. So how what what's like the line of attack on this so like as as an american citizen right and i feel like i've been censored i feel like my first amendment has been violated and i'm going after these federal officials is it just bait like i mean what, what's the damages based off of you know the, the harm that you've realized it could it's be just, economic okay um uh but i think by the way um the other piece of this especially since the facebook files have came out yeah these these companies have now opened themselves up pretty dramatically so and it could just be them violating their own terms of service. Mm. And what the, the, the unspoken thing in all this is when we were trying to prove, like we had to prove that the government was not just colluding with, but sort of coercing, right? right. That this wasn't a voluntary thing, but the, the media companies who would go along with voluntary, but felt some sort of real pressure. And they got them to not just take down posts, to change the terms of service. Like of, you know, like whenever you're on one of these sites, there's a terms of service that you agree to. That's changed. 300 then, pages. Of and then also print. these algorithms yeah. now, right? Yeah. Like pressure them to change the algorithm. So think about if you're a, if you're a conservative business owner, right? And all of a sudden, you know, you were seen and you're no longer seen. Dude, dude, dude Eric, that happens all the time. I know. I know. That, and I know people ruins, who. Like I could tell you five or six people have had their business ruined because of that. Yeah. And so there has to be. And the, part of the reason why I'm doing this is there has to be a disruptive event. Because these folks are too powerful. 
So you have to have, it can't just be one attorney general. It's an army of people who say, you're not going to allow us to, you're not going to, we're not going to allow you to censor us anymore. And that pressure, whether it's litigation or something we do in Congress is the only thing that can bust this thing up. And that's what we got to fight for. What, what, what about, I mean, what do you, what's your personal opinion? Like, shouldn't, like, should these social media companies even be able to create, to curate an algorithm or should it just be open traffic? I mean, for me, I think if you're going to have an algorithm like that, you have to be really upfront about it, you know? And that's, that's the part that, uh, Nobody has any idea what that is. Because people are talking about censorship in terms of getting posts removed or getting deplatformed, but that's not really where the censoring is. The censoring is in some person behind the scene yes. saying, I don't like DJ's content, so I'm going to turn the dial all the way down and not tell him anything of anything. Mm -hmm. yep. And that happens every day, and it's been happening for a decade. Well, I know, I know somebody who's got, who had a business where they were, you know, they had T-shirts, like Second Amendment-related T-shirts. was yeah. doing great. All of a sudden, you were on the naughty list or whatever yeah. the hell they'd come up with. See, I, And you can't see them anymore. And by the way, the other... Think about Google, too. We're not even really talking about Google. I mean, oh, they, you, but Google's the worst offender. If you're on page 10, not on page 1, yeah. you know, of a Google you're search, irrelevant. you're irrelevant. And so when I was AG, we also filed an anti antitrust lawsuit against Google for that. So for me, it's, man, you got to bust this stuff up. Yeah. And uh, because they're way too powerful, they can they control way too much of the flow of information. And um, it's wrong. And, and by the way, it's all a lie because they claim to be this open platform. Right. Where it is sort of like, hey, anybody can see anything. This come where you can come post your, your stuff. That is that is not how it works. So that's so you got the government piece of it, like we talked about. And then also you got this private piece that you have to attack. And it's going to be hard. Like these are I mean, it's going to take a minute. Yeah. What's been happening too, to your point? You know, I don't think people realize because the argument always is, well, it's a private business so they can do what they want. Right. But what, what's happened here is the federal government has outsourced the censorship. They are leaning on these, yes. these creator mm -hmm. or these, uh, these, these That's entrepreneurs. Bro, listen, this is why Zuckerberg was on Rogan saying, Hey man, the FBI fucking basically told me to do this. Shit. By the way, do you know, he, the reason I'm convinced we had filed the lawsuit, the discovery on this stuff going back and forth was about to drop the next week. I'm convinced he goes on Rogan to get out in front of this because he knows, look, all this other stuff now is coming on the Facebook files. They knew all this stuff was going on. Yeah. And they know how exposed they yeah. are, know how terrible it looks. It's going to look real bad. And, uh, and I also think that's what the PR thing about him, like being jujitsu and all this shit's about too. Yeah. So that he looks like he's this innocent dude who didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. When in reality, in my opinion, these people got a little taste of power. They thought they could rule the world. They were able to for a while, and now they're not. Well, I'll you know? tell you this. So in that lawsuit, I took uh, Fauci's deposition. Yeah. In, and it was like the last thing I got to do as AG before I got sworn in. And um, I remember that phone call. <laughs> it was, that's it was of, incredible. Like, that and has no, to be pretty imposing because he's like a, a tiny little dude. You're, you're yeah, a respectable we, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Different, like, we look different in a lineup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, he's uh, walking. He's like, oh, shit. But man, that place was like getting into Fort Knox. And you could tell this guy has just lived a really sheltered. It's almost like a cocoon. He's in there. They got all these lawyers from the Department of Justice there. And he's sitting there. and. Um, no shit. He, in the middle of the deposition, the court reporter sneezes <laughs> and he looks at her 
and asks her if she has an upper respiratory infection, if she has COVID, and tells her to put a mask on. Like, this is the guy. This isn't like in March of 2020. This is in October or November of 2022. This is the guy that was, you know, claiming to be the science. And he was that sort yeah. of like a hypochondriac about this thing. Yeah. And um, so anyway, it was a little bit of an insight into this guy. But his daughter worked at Twitter. So like the, these communications were happening all the time. They were taking down anything that might lead people. And they did it under this justification that everybody needs to get the vaccine or everybody needs to wear a mask. Meanwhile, Fauci, in um, March of 2020, a friend, we uncovered this email, a, a friend emails him, said, hey, I'm getting, I know COVID's happening. I'm getting on a plane. Should I wear a mask? He's like, nope, not effective. Don't worry about they it. They knew it wasn't. He effective. knew it wasn't. Yeah. But, but think about it. It's sort of like what happened locally here with Sam Page and others or in other that states you saw. Yeah. Think about the power. You're a county executive that your main job is like naming streets and stuff like that. You can go up in the microphone every Monday and say, I got you. We're going to protect you. Still need to wear a mask. Be vigilant. This is the science. Yeah. There's a lot of power in yeah. that. And, and I think that people, we, you know, I was certainly part of it. Other people were part of it. You guys were part of it. And we got to push back against that. And, and you can, and if people want to wear one, man, like you want to cool. walk around Forest Park with 10 masks on your face in the summertime, God bless you. It's America. I mean, I think it's nuts. Yeah, but, I say shame them. <laughs> but like, just I, I'm cool with people doing bro. what they want to do, but it's not, <laughs> I don't give but it's a not based anything. But think yeah. of the power they had of telling you, we know what's best and people it were- bring some relevance to their right. miserable existence. Yeah. yeah. So, but man, it was- Now um, she's on the cover of like Vogue and shit. Yeah, he's giving you know? commencement addresses. This, these Fauci Next candles a pool is a joke. Suit. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Yeah, they got Fauci candles. What the hell, you know? Fauci candles. Dude. Man, crazy guys. Well, guys, that was headline number one. Let's keep this show moving. Well, first of all, bro, uh, before we get on to other things, yeah. thanks for doing this shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because, like, without you doing this, people don't realize that you're a key figure in all of this stuff, and you don't get enough credit for it. Like, I see a lot of these guys who are getting credit for, like, you know, Senator Cruz gets a lot of credit and TV time and Rand Paul and, like, all these guys, which, you know, I like Rand Paul, but... <clears throat> You know, you're not getting the credit you deserve yet. And people don't realize that you're the key figure in protecting what is essentially free speech in today's America, which is on social media platforms. Yeah. Well, part you of know. that's because they, they still probably censor. Thanks. Thanks. That was our first headline. Let's keep the show moving. Uh, if you guys want to join in on the conversation, hashtag censor these. Let us know in the comments, guys, what you think. Um, and also if you have not yet, and you're still watching this on YouTube and you have not yet subscribed, click that fucking subscribe button. Yeah. And if you're listening on audio and you haven't subscribed, just go, just do go it click too. subscribe. Yeah. Do us a solid. No hoes on here. Yeah. All right. Um, let's keep it moving. We got headline number two. Headline number two reads world war three watch. Poland sends combat helicopters, extra troops to border after Belarus military violates airspace. Yeah, yeah. This is having this Bible article, guys. Reading uh, Poland accuses Belarus of is it, isn't Belarus where they sent uh, Wagner Group. That's what I thought. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so Poland accuses Belarus of having flown two helicopters into its airspace, accusing the Moscow aligned uh, nation of escalating tensions and responding by deploying more troops and its own helicopters to the border. Uh, two Belarusian. Uh, helicopters flew into Polish airspace on Monday, a statement by the Ministry of Defense said. 
revealing the aircraft entered Polish territory at a very low altitude, flying below radar, making them, quote, difficult to detect, end quote. Uh, locals spotted the Belarus colored wearing uh, helicopters flying low over their houses and posted the images to social media reports state. Uh, the helicopters were on a training mission, which the Belarusian government had notified Poland in advance is taking place. But nevertheless, Poland said the incursion was unacceptable and summoned the Belarus ambassador. Uh, the Polish defense minister, Maruz Blaskacz, uh, said in a response to what the government called a provocation, he had ordered extra troops and combat helicopters to the borders. Uh, Belarus has denied that any such incursion took place. Um, Deutsche Well reports they called the claims, quote unquote, far-fetched, and that Poland had invented the incident to give a pretext for building up their military deployment on the border. Um, now, we all know the significance of Poland. Um, there's a lot of moving pieces going on in Russia, Ukraine. 1999, Poland became a NATO ally. Um, they're claiming uh, that Wagner forces are trying to destabilize NATO, um, push on Poland. And that's all good and well. We got that going on. That's interesting. But the, the, I want to know if, if you guys have seen this, uh, the shit that's happening in Africa. All right. Let, let's move continents a little bit because I believe they all tie together. Have you guys seen the stuff about the, the coup, coup d'etat in, in, in uh, Niger? Um, this headline reads, why some people want Russia in and France out. Uh, in a sign of growing hostility towards the West since the coup in Niger, a businessman proudly shows off his outfit in the colors of the Russian flag in the traditional heartland of deposed President Mohamed Bozum. Uh, since the coup, there has been a war of words between the military and the West. Uh, Niger hosts a French military base uh, and is the world's seventh biggest producer of uranium. The fuel is vital for nuclear power, with a quarter of it going to Europe, especially former colonial power France. Uh, since General uh, Abu Hamid uh, Tachini <laughs> Sorry. You're just making this up as you <laughs> yeah, go, bro. Thinking, listen, hey, I don't blame you. That's that, pretty tough. That's my best, best good, tip. Just keep going. A for effort. Yeah. So um, but since, guy, yeah, since that guy overthrew yeah. the president in a coup on 26 July, Russian colors have suddenly appeared on the streets. Thousands took part in a protest in the capital, Naomi, on Sunday, with some waving Russian flags and even attacking the French embassy. Uh, it seems now this movement is spreading across the country. Here's the picture of that business owner. Um, you guys got, I mean, like they're waving the Russian flag all over. Um, it's pretty incredible to see. Uh, Biden, we actually just evacuated our embassy uh, in Niger. Um, and of course, that came after the Pentagon said there's no threat. So we got all of this stuff going on. And I want to pose this question because we talk about it on the Real AF quite often. They have a, they being the elites, they have a couple of different options here. Right. There's World War Three. Uh, there's another pandemic possibly being released. Um, climate lockdowns. Right. They have a, a few different options. And all of these disastrous headlines um, from the coup in Niger, they're all popping up. Um, and to no surprise. COVID hospitalizations are on the rise again. Politico put it out. What's the new COVID-19 surge? My question is. Do you guys think like these are really just temperature checks, right? They're trying to see what the public's going to react the most to, and then maybe that's how they make the decision. What do you guys think on this? You're meaning like 
You mean from an aspect of like test marketing? Correct. Like, yeah, like are they, are we are more scared. Are yeah. they more? Are they more likely to react to COVID nineteen? Are they more likely to react to World, World War Three? Exactly. Is that is that what you got? I mean, what, what do we got? what do we got? I don't know. I don't know that all those are related. I think you might. Have, yeah, I I would. Yeah, I would. I would put those in two different buckets. The first one, what's happening in in Europe right now, is incredibly dangerous because, um. You know, so I'm somebody that I, I don't, you know, sending $115 billion to Ukraine and we don't do anything about the southern border here in the United States is unacceptable to me. Bro, right? that's treasonous in my opinion. It, it's unacceptable. Yeah. And um, it is a very dangerous situation that's going on. Um, and there's a lot of people, and I'm not one included, including in the Republican Party and, and all the Democrats are supporting all this. And it's a blank check. We just had votes last week on the National Defense Authorization Act to just have an audit, to have an audit of how that money's being spent. That got voted down. Jeez. I was one of the few people that voted to have the audit. I was also one of the few people, and it's kind of a weird mix of people, Republican, Democrat, that voted for this, that said, Rand, Rand Paul had an amendment that said, before, you know, as a NATO country, before we would ever, there's an Article 5, like a Russia invades Poland, right? Before we would actually go to war, Congress would actually have to be the ones to go to war, declare war, like mm. in the Constitution. There are like 12 of us that voted for that. So there is this, I think people are really invested in this thing and it's, it's clouding the vision because the real threat, and I'm telling you, I'm on the Armed Services Committee, you get these classified briefings, I'm not going to obviously divulge anything there, but China is the real threat. Like Russia is proving itself. It's not that what's happening over there isn't real, but it, it's a third rate military at this point, right? Russia, Ukraine, there's got to be a way to sort of figure this thing out. But China, man, they, are they have built islands in the South China Sea. They are fully weaponized with anti-aircraft, anti-missile um, systems. They have hypersonics that can take out, potentially take out aircraft carriers. They have a bigger navy than we have. They have we have four naval shipyards. They have 12. Each one of them, each one of them has greater capacity than all of ours combined. They're playing in space. They view themselves as the last 150, 200 years has been a blip historically. They're a, they're a, you know, thousands of year old kind of civilization. America's new. They're betting against us that we can't hold on, that the last 80 years has been an accident of history and they are hell bent on world domination. That's the truth. And so there has been this focus now more on China, but I think a lot of what's going on over there, that is not our biggest, America's biggest threat. It mm -hmm. is China. And, uh, you know, they're playing, I mean, they're playing with fire over there right now. If you get into this NATO conflict, that is World War III, and I, I don't want to see that, and there's a way to diffuse it. Some people don't want to engage in that, I don't think, which is wrong. What's your take on, on you know, because my theory is this, dude, and I'm, I'm definitely not privy to any information. You know, this is just me watching what's going on and what I think is going on. And when I see the President of the United States being shown to have taken money from foreign interests to make policy decisions about foreign interests and the probe, which is, you know, as you know, a probe is just the beginning of what's actually going on. And we see these connections that he has to China and the things that have been going on. And then we see the decision about the border, right? With the borders wide open. We see the printing of endless amounts of money. We see the 
sending of all of our military equipment and assets and all of this money to Ukraine. We see the crime in the cities going crazy. We see the propagation through the media, which China is also heavily involved in, of identity politics and, and division and, and the ability for, to keep America from uniting. And we look at all these things, the draining of the strategic oil reserves. I mean, we're, we're in my opinion, at the most vulnerable that we have been in my lifetime. And I personally believe, and this is by no way am I saying that you believe this, but this is what I believe. I believe that this dude is acting in the interests of himself and not in the interests of our country, and we are being served up to be conquered. I think he is compromised. No That's doubt. what I think. Too. I think he's compromised. And the more of this stuff, it's sort of a drip, drip, drip. Um, I mean, am I out of line thinking all that stuff? No, look, and by the way, when was the last time um, you called your dad when you were getting ready to close a deal? It like, get your happen. dad on the phone. My, I've never called yeah. my dad, like, yeah. get him on speakerphone. For, I mean, it's no. like, it's all yeah. this. It's just insane. But, um, but yeah, look, in, in, I think a lot of people try to make this way more complicated than it needs to be. If we are energy independent and dominant, half of these issues go by the wayside. There is no reason in the world why we should be depending on China for these supply chains. There's none. And um, wouldn't that lend more to my, my theory, though? Because that was the literal first thing he did when he came in he like did, yeah, on day he, one. I know he did that and has done nothing about the board. I think he's sort of trying to appease his base in many ways because he thinks that, um, you know, from a political perspective, it helps him to have, a, you know, an open border, mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. It's like there have been, you know, Missouri has six million people in the whole state, right? 6.2 million. There have been over 7 million people that we know of that have come here illegally just in the last two and a half years. Think yeah. about that. And by the way, we don't know Think who about they that. are. We, we don't know who we, they are. We, we, we don't even, we don't know where we, they're at, by the way. We, yeah. And we, we don't, don't even know, know where, where they at. come from. We don't know what, like, we don't, these are, a lot of these are military age males from different places all over the world. Like, and, and I see this all as intentional, right? Like, I don't, you have a different perspective because well, you're in it. Yeah. So look, man, here's the truth. The, like, the, like there's a perspective of these guys are just idiots and they're doing shit to appease their base. Or there's a perspective of everything they're doing is intentional and they're trying to like literally serve our country up to be conquered. Well, I think that if they had their way and this is, this is really scary and this isn't like I'm making this up. Like they've said, this is what they would do. If they, the house of representatives is like a, you know, it's, it's a, a razor thin majority right now. Let's say that changes. If they had 52 votes in maybe just 51 votes in the Senate, they've said that they will end the filibuster, right? Which means it takes 60 votes to move on something, right? Which is hard to do. And it should be for big stuff, right? Yeah. They would end the filibuster. They would add states to the union. They would pack the Supreme Court and you'd have open borders and amnesty. You'd federalize elections too. They've said they'd do that. So if you think about that, um, like how we're teetering, that, that's why when you said this earlier about Democrats, man, I grew up in, like I said, blue collar neighborhood. Most of my friends' parents are Democrats. There's a lot. I have friends who are Democrats. Like that's not the thing. Yeah. But this isn't that. This is a, a, a radical view um, that has somehow infected like where the movement on the other side is. And it's really dangerous. And they're not that far away from, again, it, let, let, pack, okay, let's say you go from nine to, they want to go to 13. Well, why not 
Why not 26 yeah. after that? Why not 50? Yeah. Why not 100? And then you go down this like banana republic road mm -hmm. and it's so it's really it's dangerous stuff, man. And and um, I, I we're not having the same debates that we had like 30 years ago where it's like, you know, um, you know, sort of fiscal policy or what's the best tax rate. I mean, they want to fundamentally change the country forever and we just can't let them do it. Yeah. And that's why you got to be in in this. And we talked about earlier, the Calvary is not coming. Man. It means I'm going to do everything I can do, but it also means like, man, run for school board or show up for something that's important. Be engaged. That's right. the only way we're going to change. Yeah. And we can do it. Yeah. We can do First it. First off, use your voice. Yeah. Second off, get engaged. Third off, live to a standard that represents what you believe America to be. Yep. Those three things will make all the difference in the world. Yeah. So we're that's where we're at. And so that's dangerous. But I think the other, the second bucket on the COVID-19, <sighs> I think they know there's been this severe backlash and people see that headline. Nobody's sure. buying that. Yeah. BS right now. Nobody. Yeah. But, but hey, what if we tell everybody it's the hottest day in the history of the world? You know what I mean? Like maybe they get away. Maybe they think that's going to move people. So I do think that this is, and it, and to take a, a step back, this is all about, man. So my other passion on the free speech is, <laughs> sorry. It's sorry. so stupid. Like, I'm laughing at the hottest day of the history of the world. It's like, it's like, and, 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 and Miss Omar, how, how long have we been tracking this data. Exactly. She's like 17 million years. Well, who the fuck was tracking it, lady? It's like, a fucking caveman came yeah, out. Yeah, meanwhile, we didn't have indoor plumbing then. Like, you're telling me we, we knew how hot the hottest day was. Listen, lady, I don't know where you come from, but you know what we call this around here? It's called summertime. Right. <laughs> it's called July. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So, but it's like, if it, the other thing happening is it's this administrative state and we got to bust that up. Like, the, when the founders, if you think about it, they wanted to spread out power, right? Because they didn't want people to infringe on, it was all to protect liberty. So you had checks and balances, separation of powers and federalism states created the federal government, only agreed upon to do certain things, all these protections. But the way around that is, if you have a bunch of people who are making big decisions that aren't accountable to anybody, and that's what we got, like the deputy undersecretary of the EPA, who the hell is that? Yeah. But man, if they send you a cease and desist letter or a guidance letter, yeah. your farming operation might be over, generationally yeah. over. And so we got to get back to a place, man, where Congress is having to vote on this stuff because all this bullshit wouldn't actually be happening. Yeah. It wouldn't be happening because nobody would vote for that. Yeah. So that's another big fight that's longer term. But you see it like COVID, like we said, was the playbook. I think another important thing that, that I would like to see addressed, that I think is important for our, our republic is that. The, the we can't hide bills within the bill. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We can't have these 4,000 page bills that get introduced at midnight, right? That have, you know, they're called the Anti-Inflation Act. When everything anti in there, Act. Yeah, yeah. And everything in there is designed to create inflation. Yeah. You know, like that's a big deal, man. Yep, I agree. And um, what people, most people probably don't know, I didn't know until I got there. Man, when they do these omnibus bills, there's, that's, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of pages, a bunch of stuff that's not related to anything. Like you got to like have 13 appropriation bills that fund different things and let people vote yes or no or offer amendments and change things. Like you think that's actually what happens up there. Mm -hmm. It's not. And it empowers a few people, just a few people who are in leadership. And so uh, I think there's a movement to try to pull that back. And so that, you know, you know, that your Senator from Utah or Missouri has a say in this stuff. And it's not just a few people getting together in a back room, deciding all this stuff. So can I actually, so just, just for my sense, how exactly does a bill turn into an omnibus bill? Like what's that process? Like, is it like, okay, Hey, 
uh, Eric, we need your vote on this you know, main bill. And you say, okay, cool, but I need, I need to throw these initiatives in this bill. Is that kind of, and then so if you, you pass like, it around the way to 500 should, people. Right, the way it should work is, like this, let's just take the bill, the, uh, the Censorship Accountability Act. Mm-hmm. Like run that bill. Now what happens is then people put a bunch of stuff on it, whatever, and it stays on. That's one thing. But what happens is like we're supposed to pass a budget essentially in the next couple of months. And what if you can't, do, what if you, you, Schumer doesn't put it on the floor or something like that, right? Then what happens? They say, well, we got to fund, we got to fund the government. So we didn't do it the way we're supposed to do it. So now we got to put together all this stuff and you, it's, a, it's a yes or no thing. Man, I voted against the debt, raising the debt ceiling because they had a bunch of stuff in there that didn't get to the real problem. Yeah. And, and then when they say in the debt ceiling thing, like, oh, well, wait till it's time to do the budget bills. And when you get the budget bills, like, well, we got to do this because we got to fund the government. So it's this institutional way of, of getting people to go along with a bunch of stuff they don't really support. And I'm just, you know, I'm not going to do that. Right. And, uh, and I think there's a, there's a group of people coming in now that are, that are, it's some of it's generational, right? Like I'm 48. Um, the average age in the Senate is 67 years old. Yeah. And there's some, there's some newer folks that are coming in that have a different view. I work with anybody, but, um, I think you just got to have accountability, right? Like make us vote on stuff. They can be hard votes, but then that that's fine. Like, you know, and people are going to agree with it or disagree with it, but at least people know where you stand. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's one of the things that, that I didn't know when I got up there. That's one of the things you really got to work on. So. Well, guys, that was headline number two. Chime in the comments. Hashtag World War Three. Let us know where you stand on that. <laughs> that being said, let's get on to our third and final headline. Headline number three. Got to talk about it. Headline number three reads, Donald Trump to appear in D.C. court Thursday on January 6th indictment. It's talk of the town. Everybody's on it. Uh, so former President Donald Trump is set to make his first appearance in federal court in Washington, D.C. on Thursday. That's the day when we were recording the show um, in special counsel Jack Smith's prosecution of January 6th. Uh, Trump was indicted by a Washington, D.C. grand jury on Tuesday on four counts, including conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction, an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding, and conspiracy against rights uh, in relation to the January 6th Capitol riots. Trump is set to appear in the E. Barrett Prettyman Federal Courthouse at 4 p.m. U.S. Secret Service announced uh, their, quote, maybe short-term traffic implications arising from uh, Trump's court appearance. A statement from Anthony uh, Gleamy, he said, quote, while the Secret Service does not comment on specific protective means or methods, we have the utmost confidence in the dedication and commitment to security shared by all of our law enforcement and government partners. Uh, we are working closely with the Metropolitan Police Department, U.S. Marshal Service, U.S. Park Police, U.S. Capitol Police, and the Federal Protective Service to ensure the highest levels of safety and security for the former president while minimizing disruptions to the normal court process. Um, now, Smith's latest indictment uh, marks the former president's third indictment in six months. In March, the Manhattan District Attorney charged Trump with 34 counts of falsifying business records. In June, Smith charged Trump with 37 counts over his handling of White House documents. However, Smith charged Trump with new counts in the White House documents case last week. Uh, Trump's arraignment on Smith's superseding indictment is set for August 10th at uh, Florida Federal Courthouse. Now, in the January 6th case, U.S. Magistrate Judge uh, Maxilla Upadaway 
will handle Thursday's hearing, but Judge Tanya Chutkan will preside over the remainder of the case. Now, Chutkan was appointed to the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia in 2014 by former President Barack Obama. Chutkan donated to Obama's campaign multiple times and is well known for handing out some of the harshest sentences for January 6th defendants, as Breitbart News reported. Uh, Smith announced he will seek a quote-unquote speedy trial in the January 6th case against Trump to ensure the Department of Justice quote-unquote uh, evidence can be tested out in court and judged by a jury of citizens. Now, I want to bring up this, uh, this screenshot. This is an image that has been circulating throughout social media. Um, and it's basically this timeline, okay? And I want to kind of just go through this, and then you guys tell me what you see, okay? So it says, June 7th, FBI releases documents to Congress alleging the Bidens took a $10 million bribe, uh, bribe from Burisma. On June 8th, the very next day, Jack Smith indicts Trump in Mar-a-Lago documents case, okay? On July 26th, Hunter Biden goes to court and rejects sweetheart plea deal after it was revealed DOJ tried to give him blanket immunity from future prosecutions. Then the very next day on July 27th, Jack Smith uh, adds more charges for Trump in the Mar-a-Lago case. On July 31st, Hunter Biden's former business partner testifies to Congress that Joe Biden was on over 20 calls with his son's business partners and that Burisma execs pressured them to fire the prosecutor. The very next day, August 1st, Jack Smith indicts Trump again for January 6th. What do you guys see? Just, I mean, this is no bias. These are just <laughs> timeline dates. What I'm are we seeing? I'm here? sure it's just a coincidence. Yeah, dude, of course. I mean, this is, this is definitely no not attention. planned out. They, they don't know that, you know, all this information is coming out. And while they know this information is starting to be formulated and coming out, they're surely not building this case against Trump to have something to hit with the media uh, immediately after. I mean, they wouldn't do that. No. There's no Prosecutor, way. Bro, Prosecutorial Joe, misconduct? Dude, Joe no. Biden is a sweet old man. He just loves his son, dude. Yeah, he just forgets yeah. his favorite ice cream sometimes. Yeah, he just, you know, shits his pants in front of the Pope. Yeah, That's Parmesan cheese. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is clearly corrupt. Yeah. And it doesn't and shouldn't matter what you think of Donald Trump at all. And going back to what we were talking about just a few minutes ago, actually indicting a former president such in the way that they had is opening up. It's 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 fundamentally changing the country. People, and that's the point people don't realize. It's setting a like you're putting this on the table set. now for every single regime to ever come in, whether it be right or left. And I'm going to tell you guys, the conservative people are going to get their place back in the White House. And now you Democrats. Your people, the people you voted for, that because you hated this dude's tweets so bad and you hated his great economy and you hated all the other shit that was awesome when he was in power. <laughs> um, because you don't like this guy, now they've created a precedent where the next time your people lose power, you guys could all be indicted. Like, this is bad shit. And this is not what America's about. And, it, and it's not a Donald Trump thing. This, to me, this scares the fuck out of me. This, this in my opinion is the, com the mask of communism coming off saying there's nothing you can do to stop it. Mm. That's, that's what I see. Yeah, no, this is a, um, I mean, you, you said it. This is a really dangerous road to go down, man. This is like, this is third world banana republic stuff, right? And so all the things, what's, what's ironic about all this is 
all the people who were hysterical when when Trump got elected in 2016, all the things they claimed he was going to do, right? Um, like this administration, the Biden administration, they're doing it, doing it all. Yes, and like you know, they're think about this. They're going to start World War Three with China, right? Censoring Americans on the verge of you know potentially World War Three. Um, protecting your kids from prosecution. Um, you know, jailing political opponents. I mean, if you were like ten years ago, read this stuff, you would have thought it was like some third world country. Yeah, and they're perfectly willing to do this, which is dangerous. It's scary. Um, and like you said, whether you voted for Trump or you like Trump or don't like Trump, man, this is a different deal. It's completely unprecedented. And you see two tiers of justice here, one for Trump. And by the way, like they, they've got one of these indictments is for like the, the documents at Mar-a-Lago. Hillary Clinton literally had her staff when the, when it was under subpoena, take baseball bats to cell phones right. and bleach hard drives. They had, they right. Ha- she had them make up a document that said that this man was colluding with Rush. They made it up and for seven years mm-hmm. have rubbed it in our faces. Can you imagine, Andy, if because the Russia thing was a total hoax, right? <clears throat> total hoax made up. Obama, Obama gave the green light. Hillary Clinton's team was in charge. Can you imagine if Trump, when he was president, had the Department of Justice arrest Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton and try to put him in jail for the rest of their lives. Can you imagine the reaction? Like, and so we're supposed to just sort of like accept this? It's crazy. Isn't that the problem? Yes. Isn't the problem is there is there isn't the appropriate reaction? I mean, like, dude, like it's like at some point in time, look, man, and I'm just speaking frankly, all right? At some point in time, violence is gonna have to come on the table as a reality to resolve this situation. Because if we had had this situation happen 20, 30, 40 years ago, we're, those, these people would be arrested. The military would have arrested these people for what they're doing. And, and, and dude, in my opinion, and I know this is true because I'm on every fucking watch list there is. I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> He's probably seen the list. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the, the fucking every single veteran in this country, every single like true red-blooded patriot American that that's watched Braveheart a few times is like, is it time? Right. Like, th- I don't think they realize what, or, or maybe they do. Maybe that's well, what they're I trying think, to incite. Maybe look, they're trying to incite a situation where people rise up and they crush them and then remove the resistance that way. I think, look, we can't justify political violence. I think that we gotta, we have to be the good guys on this thing, man. But and dude, say, that's getting us crushed. No, but we gotta fight back. There's no doubt about it, right? Like this, this cannot. To your point, man, there's no end to this. There's no, if this is the way that we go down, right, then we are, we are not who we say we are, right? Which is where, which again, we talked about earlier, like this pressure release valve, man. People have to feel like they can vote for a candidate they want to vote for. They can say what they want to say. But when you start criminalizing politics or speech, you know, people are going to get really frustrated with that. And I just think this timeline, man. And by the way, the other thing that people don't talk about is Jack Smith or yeah, Jack Smith in 2014, when this stuff started, was the head of the DOJ's like anti-corruption stuff. So like Jack Smith, like when when these payments are coming in and there's all these shell corporations, wires coming in. He knows about it. He's in there, man. Like he's in there. And so we had that ridiculous January 6th committee and they got their guy to go do their bidding now, which is, this is, this is a political prosecution, man. It's, it's a disaster. Um, 
I don't know what else to say. It's like, yeah. but bro, that, that my point is like, I'm not trying to put you in an uncomfortable position, but like real talk, like we've been sitting here and, and we know all the conservatives and we know the politicians, the Matt Gateses and you and Holly and all these guys are Rand Paul. And uh, uh, we could name 50 other people push back on this shit, but it's still happening. Yeah. And at what level, like, are we going to allow him? Are we going to allow these people to execute Donald Trump to make a point? Right. Like, so that, that's floating around. They're saying dude, that's like, what I'm saying. So, so one of the things that I think is like, so I'm supporting Trump. I was one of the first people yeah. to endorse him in 2024. And by the way, this thing isn't about 2020. It's about 2024. This is about oh, not allowing Americans to vote for their preferred presidential candidate because they hate this guy so much. The I talked to my friend, one of my really smart friends, you might know him, Mike Glover. Mike Glover uh, has been on the show a couple of different times. We were talking yesterday on the phone and he, he lifted up a, a, a point that I hadn't thought of yet, but he told me that there's five or six key states where if they, he's under indictment for these crimes, they can actually remove him off the ballot so that he cannot win the election no matter what. Yeah, that's, I mean, like I, it's going to come down, the election will come down to like five states. I don't know what, what those are, but it's yeah. going to come down no, to five states. You said Arizona, Nevada, uh, it's, it's the five that, are all in question. And we have to come, we have to make sure then, um, and like I said, people make their own decisions, but come out and vote. I think Trump's going to be the nominee. I'm supporting him. And one of the main reasons I'm supporting him, first of all, I didn't get us any foreign wars. That's a big one. And two, man, we had a great economy. And three, I think if, if he gets back in there, he can only serve one term, right? He has four years. He is going to totally dismantle this administrative state in a way that we have never seen because we've Good. seen the we've seen the underbelly of this thing, man, and it is ugly and it is nasty and it is about power yeah. and control. And I think if you get him in there, man, he's going to be the ultimate disruptor. And people aren't going to like it. And that mainstream media, they're going to lose their minds. But that's what we need right now. We yeah. need somebody to come in and just totally shake this thing up. So, I, man, I think all this stuff is also meant to be um, a distraction because they're trying to just like have a count of how many indictments and how many times he was impeached. I think this strengthens him though. Like my gut is like, it, it, dude, listen, it I see it the same him. way you see it. Like I, there's all these people in conservative land and in America land that are like, well, what about DeSantis or what about this? Or what about that? Look, dude, they tell you who to vote for by who they attack. All right. You just look, you just watched the New York post attack me for telling people to drink water. Like, they, <laughs> dude, listen, People Magazine, The Post, fucking Inside, all these motherfuckers come at me for telling people to be fit, healthy, uh, independent, strong, wealthy human beings. Why do they attack that? Well, they attack that because that is the way that you answer their suppression of us as citizens. You become, you become the opposite of what they want. If they want you unhealthy, you become healthy. If they want you hateful, you become someone that doesn't hate. If they want you poor, become wealthy. If they want you sick, become healthy. It's the opposite. And so the reason that they attack Trump is the same reason they attack me for this littler stuff. They attack this dude because they understand that he's the fucking sledgehammer that will bring their entire operation of corruption to the fucking ground. 100%. Yeah, but yeah. that leads, that leads to the question though, right? And, and it's, it's, it's the golden question. We know that. They know that. Right. And so it's no, like, we don't know that we have people on the ground all over the world right now and in social media yeah. arguing for Ron DeSantis or whatever, bro. Look, dude, Ron DeSantis is probably a cool dude. I, I don't know him. He's done a pretty good job. And like Trump doesn't do himself any favors by attacking him. Like, bro, you're 
you need an advisor like me on your fucking payroll, bro. Real talk. <laughs> because he goes out and attacks DeSantis and DeSantis did great shit during COVID and it makes him look stupid. Like, stop doing that. You're hurting your cause. And so we have all these people supporting these other people. And it's like, bro, do, do, like the media is all behind DeSantis. Like they understand, the media understands that people are not voting Democrat in right. 2024. So what are they trying to do? They're trying to position DeSantis as the candidate. Fox is doing it. MSNBC is doing it. CNN is doing it. Now, why would they want DeSantis and not want Trump? That should be the that only question that you should have to ask, because with the amount of corruption that we have, and like you said, the underbelly that's been exposed, and we understand the ins and outs of how corrupt this shit is, why would you even think that anyone else should be the person? And here's the thing, man. You, you touched on this, too, is that it's, it's easy for people, I think, to lose hope, right, in these kinds of situations. But here's the truth. We are one election away, one election away from, from fixing I don't want to say all of it, but taking a sledgehammer because if if they keep the house and you know one vote and West Virginia's up, uh, uh, Ohio's up and Montana's up, we should win all three of those states. So we would Republicans would take the majority in the Senate. And you get Donald Trump in the office, man, you're cooking with gas, and you start to fix all of these everything we've talked about on the show, man, everything and more. We could spend. Yeah. Three hours yeah, doing yeah, this yeah. thing, right? For sure. You get in there and man, you just start to, you, you take this stuff one by one and go do it. And it's, that's the thing. Like in our, that, that is the thing, but you can't, we can't keep doing the same stuff we've always been doing. We can't just sort of go along with this stuff because think about the administrative state, man. It's gotten so much bigger the last 80 years, no matter who's been in office. Right. And so I think Trump is the ultimate disruptor in this election cycle. And um, I mean, that's why I'm supporting him, but it's going to take people, look, half the country sometimes doesn't vote. Right. Half the country doesn't come out to the polls. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. We have all these people saying, I'm not I'm just not going to vote this time, bro. You have to vote. Yeah, you have to vote. You have to vote for who you think is the best, whether they're exactly what you want or or 50 percent of what you want. You got to vote for what the best option you think is. Which like and that's the scary part, too. Right. Because like, have you I mean, dude, they're talking about like, but like, dude, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, Yeah. Let's talk about the vote. Okay, there's a whole big se- section of America now, Eric, that fucking believes that the vote doesn't count. I know. And I so, know. so like in our constitution, does it not say that we have a duty to protect the the America from all enemies, foreign and domestic? Doesn't it say that we have a duty as citizens to overthrow the government if they if they go the route that this is going? Like, at what point in time are we supposed to say, okay, well, that's this is the time, like? What I'm trying to figure out is when do we fuck these people up? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, no, real shit. Yeah. Because like, I've been on this show for three, three and a half years talking about what we can do culturally, right? Like we could build, we could build ourselves into personally excellent humans. We can get engaged. Like you said, we can, we can, we can live to a higher standard. We can be the opposite of what they want. We can lift our neighbors up to our left and our right. We can stop hating each other over identity politics. We can come together. We can unite. That's still not going to give us the power. That's going to give us the culture to support the power if the power structure is intact, which the power structure seems to not be intact right now. But so, like, I'm getting nervous. I'm just, like, I, well, I, you listen. You got you, here. Here's what I think people miss, but you got right. Is politics, man, is downstream from culture. Yes, it is a reflection of culture. It's downstream. It happens afterwards, right? So. If we fix, and this is why 
I think, you know, you're very uniquely situated. What you guys are doing is got it right. Like, it's not just about like the votes or all that stuff. It's about this mentality of what do we believe in, right? Like start there. What do you believe in and what are you willing um, to, to get engaged to fight for? And if you believe that America, and I believe this, it, man, when they, when, when the founders started this country, like nobody believed in individual rights. Yeah. They thought your rights came from a king or a queen. And they said, nope, everybody's born with this stuff. Right. And we're going to create, we're going to, with the right to, you know, pursue happiness, like mm -hmm. th whatever your version of happiness is in government's only job is to protect those rights, not infringe upon those rights. So if we start there, right. And then people are engaged in their community, they're living a good life. They're taking care of their family. They're, you know, they're, they're helping their neighbor, all that stuff. We win. We win. Now the way we the, have to be America before America is America. That's, that's what it works out to be. We got to make America great again. Well, we, we yeah, but we <laughs> yes. as individuals yes. have to live that. Yes. Like the, the things that, that you yeah. and I love about America, which are the same things, by the way, yep. you know, we grew up 15 minutes away from each other, went to the same kind of high school. Like these, <clears throat> these things that we love about America, man, like, you have to live those things as an individual for that to exist. And I don't think people understand that. You like, got to be, people have to, I think they got to see, they see you and they say, what, it, okay, so what is it about that guy that makes him, and then, and that's how you begin the conversation. It's not by talking down to people and yeah. like that, or they got to see you live it. And you also, like, we can't accept that um, we're talking about a presidential race, right? We also cannot accept that we would teach our kids in grade school to hate America. Like we can't accept no. that anymore. Like we can't accept the idea that you're going to divide students and have privilege walks at Winsville. Like you, we're not, yeah. we just can't accept that anymore. None right? of it, dude. So, and I think that um, if there was anything that came from COVID worthwhile, it was this, I think this realization of what was going on in schools and culturally, like what our kids are being exposed yeah. to because um, all the cultural winds are coming at us, right? You know, you've got Hollywood, the universities, you've got these, these, CRT people, you got DEI, all this stuff, but they can only advance as far as we let them. And yeah. that means people standing up in their communities and fighting back and finding people of like mind and going doing something, right? It's, it's being engaged. And um, so I think your, your podcast, man, the stuff that you're doing is, is, a, um, is a great avenue for people to do it because they see it. And it actually does matter. Like it does matter. It, it's the only thing that's going to save us, yeah. honestly. So. I just I just think on top of that, man, it's just like, dude, I think Well, about, no, it's not the only thing, bro. It's, it's going to have, like these dudes that I just mentioned besides you, these guys are going to have to get aggressive. Have to. Like they're going to have to get, like you've been aggressive. Like I said this on the show before you came on. Like I, I'm super proud of, like I've said this on other shows, you may not have heard. But I'm super fucking proud that I supported you yeah. in the campaign. Like when I see what you do, it makes me proud. I said, okay, that was the right move. We did the right thing. Yeah. We've got a guy in there that's actually fighting. You can't say that about many people up there, dude. A lot of these people are sitting in, they're sit, they're sitting on a cold seat when they should be standing up. Yeah. And they should be talking and they should be executing and they should be making changes. Because the constant thing, the, the, the real demoralization that's happening in America right now amongst the, the street level citizens is this. Nothing's going to happen. Right. Nothing's going to happen. We see this stuff happening and no, they're not going to do anything about it. Bro, there's pictures of Joe Biden's son doing cocaine, putting Skittles on his wiener, like <laughs> with all kinds of ho like hoes and like all this shit all over the Internet, bro. And this guy's taking money and he's, they're making decisions to get, and like, dude, this is, people see it and then they don't see anything happen. 
And they were like, well, well, this, this is bullshit. Right. And so like that blow off valve. And I know this because I fucking, I'm in the conversation. If these guys don't do the work, the work's going to get done one way or the other. Well, we got to get the right people in too, right? It's not just yeah. about, and so, yeah, like, and, and somebody like me, you can't get there without people helping out either, right? Yeah. So it's this thing of, uh, I think, finding the right people, but also it's not just about the people you elect, man. It's about, it's about what you do in your daily life. I mean, think about this, life. dude. Like, you're a regular guy. Like, a lot of, like, you're, yes, you're a senator, but you're a regular guy. Yeah. Okay, I'm a regular guy. Look at this fucking guy. Okay, <laughs> let's just look at him. He's a thousand years old. He looks like the crypt keeper from, from Tales when, from the Crypt. Yeah. From when, no, from when Indiana Jones went searching in the last cr crusade and, and they, they found the cup of Jesus Christ. And there was this old man. <laughs> the old knight. Yes. The old knight. You have woke chosen. Up, it's a thousand years old and he can't stand up. And he's the, like, that's Joe Biden. You have chosen yes, wisely. Yes. He chose poorly. <laughs> poorly. Right. This is the guy that chose poorly. Like, if you, if you watch that movie, there's the Nazi army that goes in and they look at all the cups and the, their Nazi general picks this like cup that's encrusted with jewels and it's the most beautiful cup. And he's like, this is definitely the cup of Jesus Christ. And he takes a drink. And if you take a drink from the wrong cup, uh, which is supposed to be the cup of life, it kills you. All right. You age immediately. And in the movie, the guy starts to age. And if you play that part in slow motion, okay. <laughs> Joe Biden actually played that character. He was in the credits. Yeah, Bro, yeah. I want a side by side. Like we're gonna side by side <laughs> this shit. Okay. So, so he he find the clip, bro. It's, <laughs> we gotta throw it up there. So the point is, this is the oldest. These people are the oldest. Like think of our grandpas. Like think of our grandpas. Like my my grandparents are dead. Yep. But they before did. they died, they were close to dead. Right. And we had to take care of them and we had to walk them around and we had to, like grandpa would say some crazy shit. And we were like, yeah, that's just grandpa. Like, right. Like, we, but this is not just Joe Biden. This is. And he didn't have his, your grandpa didn't have his finger on the, like the nuclear. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. If my grandma would have had it, she would have nuked everybody, bro. She hated everybody. So, but the point is, is we have all these super old people who are calling the plays for all of us, and we have very few young people like you or like me or like some of these other people that are like even resisting at all. And like, dude, it would make no sense for us to a lot, like, bro, if you and I, let's, let's just break this down. You and I are going to start a company. We're going to go find the oldest, most mentally handicapped person we can to be the CEO. Like that's a losing strategy. Right. And we have that right now. No, that's not the right one, dude. Yeah, it's from Indiana Jones and Last Indiana Crusade. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, when, final when he, scene. When he goes, yeah. When he goes into the into the uh thing. But so are you saying the knight or you're saying the guy as he ages? The, I'm saying the guy the, as the, he ages. Yeah, he looks right. just like yeah, him. No. Because you know how <laughs> Joe Biden's hair is like at the end. I know that movie well. Yeah, there, yeah. there you go. You know how his hair gets like yeah, straight off the back of his head? Yeah. Bro, that's a great oh, movie. You gotta go. Uh so that's when he's saving his yes, dad. There he is. Yeah, there, there it is. That's him. That's Joe Biden. But like a few frames before that. So like if you see that that clip, he starts as a normal human and then starts to age. Yeah. So if you just reverse it back that's like him. a few yeah, that, fra that, that frames, dude. it'll be it'll be Joe Biden. I'm 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 confident. <laughs> I remember I've seen the movie a thousand times. I know, me too. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's one of the last great real action movies where I they know, actually like, went and filmed it. Yeah, it was like a movie you had fun watching. Yeah, yeah. but like, dude, lectured to. we had the weakest, oldest, most corrupt people calling the place for our, our future, man. Yep. Like, we wouldn't allow this in any other situation, and we're allowing it with the president of the United States? Well, I mean, you want you to go back and remember one of the stories of COVID that nobody really talks about is Bernie Sanders, who's also super old. Bernie Sanders was going to win their primary. Yeah, and they cheated. And then they were like, well, we can't let that happen. Yeah. So Obama cuts his deal. Kamala Harris gets on the ticket and like he wins South Carolina. And then there's a couple other ones. Like we, then the, then everything like shuts down. If if think about it, if that if COVID would have happened like three weeks earlier or something or whatever, Bernie Sanders would have been the nominee. I mean, it's and so they put Biden up there as thinking he was the most like whatever appealing because he was going to be some moderate or something. That is not who that guy is, man. He is. Whoever's pulling the strings behind the scenes. Oh, he's for sale. These are radical yeah. leftists, man. And all the stuff we've been talking about today is because we have an administration that's just like on, on hyper speed on the wrong way. So yeah. ludicrous speed, like in space balls. Like yeah, ludicrous no shit, speed. dude. <laughs> I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. <laughs> space balls. Yeah. You know, I know you're old. <laughs> yeah, you know, half your audience does you know not the know the same it. fucking movies I know. I know, That's yeah, how I, know. I know, I know. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Sweet. Well, guys, that was our third and final headline. It is time now for our final segment of the show. As always, thumbs up or dumb as fuck. That's when we bring a headline up, we go through it, talk about it, and get one of those two options. Uh, so, with that being said, our thumbs up or dumb as fuck headline reads. Georgia police officer gifts boy PS5 after receiving a call to take him away. Take the, take the kid away? Get away? Yeah. What happened? Yeah, well, let's dive into it. So uh, a Georgia boy was given an unexpected gift by a Hatfield police officer after someone reported him for trying to find work around the neighborhood. The boy in a suburb. Wait, of, wait, wait. Yeah. Someone reported him for trying to find work. Okay. Yeah. So the boy in a suburb just south of Atlanta intended to do yard work, such as pulling weeds, cutting grass, trimming hedges for neighbors. His goal was to save up money to purchase a PlayStation. A nearby resident contacted police regarding the kid intended uh, to have him taken away. Uh, Officer Colloran of the Hapfield Police Department arrived to speak with the boy who expressed his desire to earn money to purchase a gaming system. Quote, the young man was polite, respectful, and truthful, Officer Colloran shared. Here is the video of their interaction. <laughs> oh, man, that's cool. That's awesome. It's yeah. pretty cool, yeah. So, so Colloran shared that he, too, is a passionate gamer and offered to assist the boy in achieving his goal. The officer coordinated with his department, to present the boy with the PlayStation 5 and an online gaming gift card. Uh, the two plan to continue their friendship online uh, where they will band together in the gaming world. What do we got on this, guys? I mean, I think that's amazing. I mean, it's obvious. Yeah, that's a me. thumbs up, man. Yeah. The headline was misleading, though. Yeah. I didn't understand <laughs> the headline. But yeah, that's an awesome story. Dude, yeah. this, this is the truth. Yeah, of, and this is what really happens, yes, right? Yeah, this, yeah. this is not... This is the truth about police officers, man. Like police officers are, and, and, and dude, it, it bothers me because the Democrats hate the police. 
the libertarians, you say anything nice about the police, you're a book bootlicker or some shit. <laughs> it's like, bro, these are people who are paid very little relative money to serve our communities in a very dangerous job where most of the calls they go on are dealing with people who are drunk or drugged up or misaligned some way that we don't want to deal with. We don't want to deal with those people. And they consistently do amazing things like this in, in the community. And it never gets talked about. What's it gets talked about? Oh, the, the cops shot a criminal. The dude, the dude was a criminal. Yeah. Like <laughs> we shoot criminals here, bro. Yeah, sure. Like this is America. When like, I was, when I was AG, somebody was asking me a question like, uh, uh, what's, what's the thing that keeps you, you know, up at night? And my answer was all the, all the men and women that'll never go into law enforcement now that we'll never know who they are because of all the stuff the media pushes mm, about yeah. what they do. And, and we need, we well, need, we, we need the, the sheepdogs, right? We need people who are willing to stand up for their community. And this is like a great example of what they really do. Dude, remember when you and I were growing up, bro, and like police officer was like a thing you wanted to be. Yeah. I want to be a police firefighter. Officer. I want to be yep. a firefighter. Yep. Like that was like, you wanted to be a police officer, you know? Um, it's, it's, what do you think of this? I mean, this is obviously an amazing story, but while we're on the topic, what do you think about like shrinking the government massively and reallocation of funding? Yeah, hell yeah. Towards things like police officers getting paid a reasonable salary and attracting a higher level of, of human beings to do this incredibly dangerous and stressful work. 100%. 100%. Really? In fact, yeah, and what we ought to be doing more of is the federal government ought to be block granting more money to states to do stuff that works in their own communities, right? Mm -hmm. Recruitment, pay well, pay police officers better, play fire, pay firefighters more, uh, pay teachers more, mm -hmm. like the stuff that we we know has a lot of value, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And uh, But that gets lost, right? We spend all this money on, like, I'll give you a perfect example. We have people calling our office all the time now for passports. Like, if you're traveling, a lot of people are traveling now, it's really hard. Like the delays are like a couple months. We've had over 500 people call the office. That's just people who actually picked up the phone who just didn't give up mm -hmm. and say they can't get a passport. Come to find out we're investigating this. The State Department is spending, you know, uh, tens of millions of dollars. I think it's $30 million on DEI trainings in foreign countries. <laughs> right? Like just think of all the money. How and, many and these countries are taxing their citizens and sending the money to us? They're not. We're, we are. And, and so like it's just it's that kind of stuff. And, you know, a lot of people up there, I mean. You know, like $30 million was $30 million is a lot of money. You do a lot million with $30 million. Pay, you know, this cop, what he's worth. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's a misalignment of, of priorities. And I think some people just think it's just like this bottomless pit. And, you know, what are you ever going to do? Well, how about starting there? How about making sure people get their passports instead of DEI trainings in France? Do you think that this, do you think that we can recover from the level of like misappropriative funds and, and, and over taxation that our government is con like doing to our citizens right now? I can't, I do, but it's going to take, like I said, it's going to take some real structural kind of reform, right? Because but what, what's the chances of getting these guys like, bro, you're an attorney, you know how the attorneys work, you know, oh, I'm going to sue this guy. And then you start talking you guys go to dinner, you go to golf <laughs> and then it's like, we can get them to do all this shit. Like, like. How, how do you get attorneys to vote for something that's not in their own personal interest? Yeah, no, it's a good question because a lot of people just, they'll spend money up there because they think it's, but <laughs> yeah. that's, again, man, what I told people when I was running was, look, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make us, I want us to be energy dominant. 
I want to, you know, control the spending, cut the spending. I want to dismantle the administrative state. I want to take on big tech. Like that's that's how yeah, I'm and you're, wired. You, and you're doing every but single think, one but of you those gotta things. Ha- yeah, but yeah. you got to have people who are actually like yeah. the, like people have to be responsive to what people yeah. want. And um, anyway, so well, I'm brother, hopeful. look, man. Um, again, dude. First of all, thanks for coming in and giving us the time. Yeah, and and more importantly, thanks for doing what you're doing. Because if it wasn't for you, that like real talk, bro, I'd have little, very little hope, very little. And I, I, I don't see very many people doing what you're doing, um, if any. And it just gives me like, I'm less optimistic than you are, but the fact that you're up there doing it, it makes me like pause for a second. So, okay, let these guys do their work. So it's just very much appreciated, bro. And I don't, I don't know that you, I, I know you don't get the credit that you deserve for what you're doing. Well, listen, man, I appreciate that. And you guys, um, thank you for what you do. Like your, you, your the number of downloads. And so like anytime you're, you know, liking something on Instagram that I'm doing or, or Twitter or Facebook, all that stuff. I, we just got to come together and fight for the things that we believe in yeah. and make it work. But you guys are on the front lines too, uh, in a, in a different form, but it's going to take all of us together. So thanks for what you guys and, do. And I think, well, dude, thank you, man. But like, I think, I think what you just said, it takes all of us together is the point that we should really hit on at the end of this show. Like you, yes, you're a Republican senator, but by no means are you some far right crazy, you know, like we're, we're like reasonable dudes from like 2005, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like I want everybody who's common sense to like, let go, let go of these political titles, man. Let go of these affiliations that you've had in the past assess the situation for what it is right now and work together to solve it because dude america is the best place in the world simply because we have been the only experiment of a country that's ever existed where people from all different cultures all different religions all different walks of life all different levels of melanin in our skin or whatever other differences have been able to come together and create the most free country that's ever existed in the history of humanity. And yes, there's a lot to complain about. Yes, I don't agree with everything that everybody says on the right or the left. We all have our own opinions. But bro, if we if we want to have anything that resembles what you and I love and what you love as America and what I think all of you guys love as America, we are going to have to get over the intentional division that these people put on us day in and day out and work together to solve some of these problems. And so, um, and I know that's what you stand for as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And so do the people that the, the millions of people who listen to you every week. Yeah. That's what they believe too. Yeah. And so I think that we're, you know, we can do this. Yeah. I think yep. so too, man. Yep. Well, brother, I appreciate you. Hey, thank, you too. Yeah. This thank you fun. so much. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's the show. Don't be a hoe. Share the show. Sleeping on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in the cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll Can't fold, does a no, headshot, case closed, closed.